0: Log Talk Radio. Welcome
1: to Wayne Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, december first. Before we get started, here
2: are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in.
3: Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino,
4: or
2: follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Che Patterson. Let's weigh in.
3: Thank you, Michelle, for the intro, and welcome, everybody, to Weigh In Sports Talk, I'm trying to be able to talk after last night's big Iron Bowl victory. Uh, A lot to cover tonight. The new DCS standings are coming out. We want to see what the difference is between Auburn and Ohio State. Some say Auburn could sneak into two. I still think they'll stay in at number three right now for this week. Trey, I hope you can talk tonight, buddy. How's it going?
2: Hey, buddy. I'm fine, man. My my voice is is not
3: affected by the Iron Bowl. So, uh, I'm good to go tonight, buddy. All right, good. Well, we we know Florida State's number one now, Trey. The first time they've been number one since Ronald Reagan was president. How do you feel about that? It <laughs> hasn't been that long, but
2: it's been it's been about a decade. So I, I, I sure as heck, uh, I, I'll enjoy it for now. But uh, I'd rather be number one at the end of the season than I would now, Tarvin. So there's no uh, no great no great victory in being number one during the season.
3: And I, I feel, I mean, you know how these seasons are. All the A lot of Auburn fans talking about, you know, jumping Ohio State, and even I myself get guilty of thinking that, but Missouri, Trey, is a very, very good football team that's going to give Auburn a lot of trouble. And when I was watching this uh, Missouri Texas that end game, I was pulling for A&M last night because I thought we matched up better with South Carolina. What's your thoughts on that?
2: Well, yeah, I think South Carolina is the weaker team. I mean, what gets me about you know, Missouri and the one-loss SEC team, you know, Auburn, Alabama, uh, as Missouri seems to be the third child in that sort of that three-team race. But I don't know, Tarvin, they may be the best team. If you look at all, you know, how all three teams were able to handle Johnny Manziel, I mean, Missouri did the best. And, you know, that's saying something. They kept Johnny Manziel to 21 points. And, you know, Auburn and Alabama was you know, in the 40s. So, you know, Missouri seems to have a pretty good defense, Tarvin. i am be a little scared I was anybody facing them.
3: Oh, yeah, they have great ends. They One thing that the concerns me is the big receivers for Missouri. They can run the football. They have a dynamic dual-threat quarterback. They can get pressure on the quarterback with four people. But can they stop the run? And they're 109th in the country in the past. So you never know what can happen on one give, any given day. But, Trey, tell us real quick. I mean, we're going to break it down, but were you surprised at all about the Iron Bowl, what happened? And, and what surprised you the most about that game?
2: Well, I mean, I was not surprised that Auburn was competitive. I was surprised in the way they were able to get the victory. Obviously, not just that play. I mean, that play no one could predict. But in the way they were able to stay in the game, despite really not having any success in the past against Alabama, they seemed to uh, really stay in the game, and that kind of surprised me. And they, you know, they lost the turnover battle, um, and yet they still hung around. And that the lack of um, I think lack of play calling on Nick Saban's part in the, in the second half, and, and just—I'll be honest, Tarvin. I, you know, a lot of people I've seen threats against the kicker, and I'll tell you, there was a multiple um, mistakes I thought that Nick Saban made coaching um, during that game. And I don't think that you know I'm a fan should put that on the kicker at all. I think Saban basically gave that away near the second half.
3: Well, if you if you put your hopes and dreams on one player, obviously there's problems. Then. And trade kickers are are head cases anyway. They miss a kick sometimes. It puts them on tilt. Then they miss the second one. It's over. So I don't know. Do you blame Nick Saban for going for it on fourth and one instead of kicking the chip shot field goal, or do you do you think he was right on trying to get a yard, thinking he could win the game that way? I, you know
2: I, I agree. I agree with kicking. Them. I mean, one is is uh, you know
3: you
1: get to reevaluate
2: your kicker, and maybe give him some confidence. I mean. You have know, like a really a chip shot. It was a 13 yard line or something like that. So I mean, it's an extra point at that point. You get some confidence in your kicker, and you know, I always take points when you get them. I, I should think that, honestly, that was one of the mistakes when I look when I was watching the game. I was like, huh, if they don't get this, you know, before the they didn't get it. I was like, man, this could be one of those moments. that we questioned what Saban did during this game, uh, and it was Tarvin. I think you know, look back obviously, but at the time, I was I was pretty strong. I was sitting here with some friends, and I said. You know, my, my and my Bull Pops is a big Alabama fan, and I said, better kick it. And, uh, you know, my dad yep. was in agreement, and, you know, he was wondering why they weren't kicking it, too. You know, he he said the same thing that I did was, you know, this kicker needs confidence. What if it comes down to a
0: kick?
3: Yeah, and, and, I, and you know, as, as I was watching the game, I said, this is our only chance to win is for them to go for it, and I stopped it, and and they loaded up. Alabama's been doing some weird kind of zone blocking that they haven't done in the past, and I don't think they're comfortable in short situations as they have been in years past, Trey. I was surprised that Saban did. He's a percentage kind of guy, in my opinion, and kicking the chip shot field goal at least to go up by two scores would have probably put the nail in the coffin. You never know, but we'll talk about this game more in detail, Trey, but we have a controversy going, and we're going to talk about it in a few minutes, but Right off the top, after watching Michigan almost beat Ohio State and choose to go for two, what are your thoughts of Ohio State right now at number two? Well, I mean, here's the thing that I'll just start off
2: with. You know, as somebody who honestly, um, and this this is going to surprise folks, maybe I don't know, but if I'm a Florida State fan, obviously Tarvin. I'd rather have faced Alabama in the national championship game and beat them. I mean, that's the only way to get true respect if you're any other any other league in this country. Um, so, you know, I'm a little disappointed honestly, that Bama couldn't get to the championship game and at least give Florida State a real shot at, you know, beating the champ. To be the man, you got to beat the man. You and I talk about that on the show all the time. Um, so, you know, when I look at Ohio State, though, um, you know, getting to them, I'm not, I don't look at that game and think, well, this is a bad Ohio State team. You know, it's a rivalry. I mean, you can, you can, you discount them all you want, but at the same point, if you're going to do that, Carpenter, you better be discounting mm-hmm. LSU, who laid a huge egg against Arkansas, almost lost to, a really terrible Arkansas team, you know. So, you know, the rivalry games are crazy sometimes, and sometimes, you know, talent doesn't equate on the field. But, I mean, ultimately, Tarvin,
3: I think Ohio State is the worst, um, probably the worst team in the top five, to be honest. Well, I think Florida State would be around a five- to six-point favorite over Auburn. They're going to be a ten and a half, eleven 11 point favorite over Ohio State. But it would be fun, you know, as an Auburn fan and as a Florida State fan, as, as you are, to be, you know, to come out and and have a big rivalry for a month, you and I, on this show. But BCS standings, Missouri's at five right now. Alabama's at four. They dropped from one to four. Don't know if I agree with that, Trey, but I guess they're waiting to see if Missouri wins the SEC championship game. And at number three, it's a big question. Who's at number three? And we're about to find out now. Everybody's saying it's Auburn, but I just want to see the margin it's going to be. So Auburn, they're going to put up at number three in the BCS. Ohio State's going to be two, and Florida State's going to be one, trade. But the question is, if Auburn wins the SEC, they're .923, and Ohio State is .950, that's a pretty slim margin, Trey. If Auburn beats Missouri, do you think they have enough to get past Ohio State, beating a number five team? I mean, don't discount the fact that you know
2: Ohio State's playing a you know the number ten team in the BCS themselves. I mean, obviously you know, Auburn's playing the number five team, uh, but it's going to come down to how they look in their games. To be quite honest with you, I think if Auburn goes out and and to be honest with me, I mean I've really come around on Missouri. So if they were to go out and lay the woodshed to Missouri, and you know Ohio State really struggles against Michigan State and wins on some sort of last second field goal, you know if I'm a voter you know, I'm going put Auburn in there just because, you know, I think they're a much stronger team. I mean, you're going to have to be very, very impressed to do that because you an undefeated um, team like Ohio State who hasn't lost in two years, I mean, that's going to be controversial. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, I mean, you're going to have to be very, very secure in your vote if you're going to do that. But, I mean, I think there's i – I'm looking at the field right now, and I saw five legitimate national championship matchups, and there's no doubt about it, five different ones. And that was just me quick thinking about it. So, I mean, anybody who thinks that Florida State's locked in, Ohio State's locked in, Auburn's not out, you know, Alabama's out, Missouri's out, that's crazy talk, Tarvin. I think I think mm-hmm. I see a Missouri national championship game. I see Auburn. I see, I see Auburn and Alabama national championship game possibly. So, anything can happen at this
3: point, buddy, and we've still got a week of college football to see. Yeah, okay, just like Paul says, 13 human votes for the coaches polls separate Auburn and Ohio State. But at the end of the day, you, you look at it, if it comes down to those two, you have to sit here and think about seven championships in a row from the SEC. You have to think about all the eggs Ohio State, I mean, they've laid in the past several years when they played in the big game. And, man, just at the top, ten or top 25 wins, I think Auburn has five, Ohio State has one. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But that's a close poll. And, Trey, it always comes down to the last week. When do you remember one and two staying the same, really, heading into championship weekend? Do you remember? I don't, I mean, it's changed a lot. I mean,
2: that's what I'm saying, Tarvin, is nothing's over. I mean, you know, there's just every team in the top five has problems, and every team in the top five has a road to lose from here on out. You know, so, you know, other than Alabama, you know, who doesn't play a game left, but, I mean, even them, they can lose by other teams winning. So, you know, you talk about the scenarios, Tarvin. I mean, there's a lot of hope for a lot of teams right now to get in. I mean, you could even argue there's a way for even an Oklahoma State to, to sneak in this thing. So, I mean, You know, none of this is, you know, predictable at this point. I mean, the way this season has gone down, the way last season went down with number one and number two losing in the same week. So you just never know, buddy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Championship week is going to be entertaining, and there's going to be stuff that we just can't predict. I mean, what if Florida State and Ohio State lose? I mean, who do you think the championship might be? (laughs)
3: I mean, so – all- well, well, the, well, Trey, the only person that can beat Florida State is a DA, I guess, in this case. I don't think Duke can do it. They're 28-point favorite, 29-something like that, Florida State is. And, you know, if you're an Auburn fan out there and you never know, maybe it's because you don't play Florida State. I mean, that that might be, that could be a good thing. But here's what I'm saying, and I'm going to take my Auburn blue and orange glasses off for the moment. And I'm going to say Auburn had a chance in Baton Rouge at night to win, and it's a tough place to play, but they lost by 14 points. And I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but they've gotten a lot better since then. Ohio State hasn't lost a game in two years. So, I mean, it's it's, it's hard. I don't want to see – I remember in 2004 when Auburn got left out. It kind of chapped me a little bit being undefeated, but at least we got left out to an undefeated team. Ohio State, Trey, would probably have a big beef if they got left out from a one-loss team from the SEC. They're in a major BCS conference, and it's never happened, a one-loss team jumping a team from, you know, a major conference like this, even though the Big Ten could be down, Trey.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it would be it be a coup. I mean, it can't happen. Um, but, I mean, you know, Ohio State's going to have to take care of business against a pretty you know, a pretty feisty Michigan State team, and, you know, a team who plays very solid defense. I mean, the problem with Michigan State is I don't know if they're going to be able to score. You know, Ohio State seems to give up points to everybody, but Michigan State's offense is still pretty anemic, so, you know, that's the problem Michigan State's going to have to have is finding points, but, you know, that's a, the conversation for Wednesday, but, you know,
1: like I
3: said, Ohio State, they still got to win a game, tar. Yeah, Auburn still has to win a game. Missouri still has to win a game, but Trey, there's one team sitting at four that that. Doesn't have to play a game, and that scares me a little bit. See, in Alabama, we've seen this situation before, how they didn't win their division, and yet they still make it to the national champion. That's, I think they should have fallen a little farther than four, in my opinion. I mean, But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And then I just don't like to see teams back their way into championship games without even playing it on the field. So here's another example. But Auburn is number one in the computer poll, tray. I just wanted to throw that out there. That was my prediction before the show started. And a wild, wild weekend in rivalries, and we're going to talk about all those guys, so be patient with us, Trey. Let's start in the NFL. We started Thanksgiving Day, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, how many yards did the Green Bay Packers end up getting against the Lions, Trey? About 90? I think most of us got more yards than our family pickup
2: leagues and than the Packers got in that game. Yeah, I look
3: like Aaron Rodgers on Thanksgiving Day throwing the football. Too bad he couldn't play. Uh, but, yeah, the Detroit Lions came out, and they, they won a game, Trey. Green Bay is in some
1: serious trouble without Aaron Rodgers, buddy.
2: Yeah, I mean, they are pretty much, I mean, they're, they're um, I mean, a super long shot in the postseason now, just, I mean, the way they're playing and the way, you know, I mean, even though the Central is, I seeing the North is kind of, no one's really playing well, but, I mean, you just can't like the Packers' chances. I mean, they didn't play well uh, in that game at all. I mean, you know, they couldn't figure out you know, whether it was, you know, the Lord of the Rings character tolls in or, or whether it was Matt Flynn, nobody really <laughs> could boom the ball um in that game. So I mean Tarvin, I, I went I went with uh oh a part overhead in that game and I, I lost that one. Green Bay did not look good and they lost to the line.
3: Yeah, I mean they look like crap. I mean I have never seen a team look that bad in the NFL almost, especially on Thanksgiving. But Detroit did what they were supposed to do, Trey. Uh they have a big lead now. You know, a huge lead on Green Bay, and and I just don't see them coming back from this. Even when Aaron Rodgers comes back, I think it's going to be, you know, too late. But any thoughts on this game? I mean, did you see improvement from Detroit, or was it just Green Bay looking so bad in that game?
2: No, I, I didn't see improvement out of Detroit, to be honest. I mean, they turned the ball over. They didn't look all that great. I mean, um, but, but they may be the team who plays, I and mean, this could be – um, that that division that nobody seems to want to win. I mean, look at the, what the Bears did today. I mean, nobody seems to want to win this division. I mean, so who knows what could happen. I mean, the Lions right now seem to be playing the best of anybody, Uh, but certainly they didn't impress against Green Bay. Green Bay played poorly, and the Lions really kind of played poorly, but the Lions just had way more talent. I mean, way more talent on the field than Green Bay did.
3: Well, let's let's move on to the next game. This is one I missed. The Pittsburgh Steelers were five and six going into play Baltimore. It was a an interesting game, Trey. And Pittsburgh Steelers coach, tell us about him trying to, to stop a kick return
1: for a touchdown here.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, I picked the Steelers in this game as well. But they're saying that this. I don't know if you if you guys missed it. Mike Tomlin basically, you know, pulled the whole. it's almost a play where you come off the sidelines and you tackle somebody. <laughs> Um, I mean, they're based, the league is saying, I mean, he may be fined upwards of six figures, and the Steelers may actually lose a draft pick over this. I mean, that's how serious the league is taking this. I mean, I don't know what Tomlin was thinking. Um, you know, I mean, that, but that's just disgraceful.
3: Well, I saw a funny picture last night. Trey right? had Tomlin like as a picture of him smiling, saying, "Nick Saban, if you need some help with those special teams, let me know." And uh, maybe Saban should have called Tomlin to be on the sidelines last night during that Iron Bowl.
2: <laughs> yeah, on our sideline, here comes Mike Tomlin with the hit. Yeah, I mean, it's mean, just uh, crazy. I just can't, <laughs> I can't believe that happened. I and mean, was just, you know, I mean, for my coach who really has a lot of respect in the league. I mean, he's on, you know, the the, the committee now out uh, of the coaches. I mean, he's he's one of the NFL more respected guys. So I mean, to see him do that just really shocked me.
3: What's what's worse, Jason Kidd pouring water on the court or uh, Tomlin coming out on the field like this?
2: Well, I, I think Jason Kidd had the worst acting job. I mean, it seemed, seemed a
0: little...
2: <laughs> 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 so I'd, say, I'd say Jason Kidd, but, I mean, who knows? It's kind of a push.
3: I mean, there's not much reason to discuss Baltimore Pitt right now, except it just it hurt Pittsburgh, and now with their coach doing this, I, I just don't see him rebounding. I think the Ravens have a small shot to get into the playoffs and maybe do something... Uh, But we'll talk about Cincinnati the minute they won. So, Pittsburgh's done. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I mean, Pittsburgh, unfortunately, that loss puts them out. But um, they had a decent run after that terrible start. So, Tarvin, you know, moving on to the – speaking of terrible, terrible games today, I mean, the Dolphins uh, beat the Jets. That was our number five game. The Jets, Geno Smith gets benched. uh, Had 29 yards at halftime. I mean, I think the Jets and Geno Smith are done, Tarvin, at uh, five and seven. Uh, And the Jets are still hanging around, buddy.
3: Yeah, I'll never pick the Jets to win a game again. Uh, I hate that team. I can't believe, Trey, I picked them to win a football game. But congratulations to Miami for dominating a team I dislike. 453 yards for Miami, 177 for the Jets. Is Ryan gone after this year, Trey? I, I just think if you're the Jets, you have to start over. You have to get rid of this blob on the sidelines you call a coach or the clown, whatever you want to call him. But if you're the New York yeah. Jets, you have to start over.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's rebuild time for the Jets. I mean, um, you know, I was questioning that, you know, Smith was a guy he looked good at times. But, you know, I mean, I still don't know that he's the guy. I mean, I think they have to reevaluate whether they want to draft a quarterback in 2014. If they do, it's going to be full-scale rebuild.
3: Yeah, I mean, God, I hate the Jets. I cannot believe. Trey, why did you let me pick them on this show? It makes me look bad even more. But the next game, the Cincinnati Bengals go on the road to beat the Chargers, Trey. The Chargers coming off a big win last week against Kansas City. Maybe they they were just too amped up after this game. But Cincinnati took care of business on the road. I think you picked the Chargers in this one. I gambled and took the Bengals just being the better team. Thoughts on this game?
2: Well, you know, I thought the Chargers would play better at home. I mean, this was a decent game today. Um, but, I mean, really the Bengals played like a playoff team on the road and they beat a quality team. I mean, I think you were right when you said the Chargers might be a little tired. I mean, they certainly looked at it this time. I mean, Keenan Allen had a good game, but, um, you know, Tarvin, that puts me at 0-4. This is, this is probably my worst week picking ever. So, um, you know, for me, it's been a bad week for Picks. For yeah, you know, the Chargers, uh, you know, they played tough. But I think you're right, Tarvin, they look tired in this game. So, you know, kudos on you for bringing that up in the pregame uh, last week.
3: I appreciate that. Well, Trey, you have to have a bad week one week, so get it out of your way and and don't worry about it anymore. But but yeah, I mean Cincinnati is a good football team, and and they looked focused to me today on the road. They came out, nobody scored in the first half or the first quarter. It was tied at half, but they did a good job coming out in the second half, getting that touchdown, and then holding on. But I mean, there's not much we can say about this game. It's not show about. It's about college football, really, to me. So the next game was entertaining, though. The Cardinals went on the road to Philly. I did pick Philly in this one, Trey. Who did you pick?
2: Uh, I picked, I think, Philly as well. Let's see. Looking at
3: my picks, I picked Philly. I think you did, yeah. Well, the Eagles did it. I mean, for the second time this season, they won at home. I mean, the Cardinals are one of those teams I picked against them because they were on the road, Trey, and I, I really like this Eagles team. You know, they're getting a lot better right now. They look like they, they believe they can win this division, which I believe they can with the Cowboys in it. But any thoughts on this game? Anything disappoints you when you look at the Cardinals?
2: Well, no, I think the Cardinals played well. I mean, this is at home for the Eagles, and the Eagles should start playing better at home. Nick Foles is still incredible. Uh, still going to pick this year, and, you know, you got to think, um, it looks, you know, looks pretty good that a, you know certain coach came out and now his offense is doing pretty good with Nick Foles.
3: Yeah, and you're, you're Arizona, Trey. You go on the road and you lose by three, but you turn the ball over three times to the Philadelphia Eagles zero. You're not going to win in the NFL doing that unless you're just totally dominant team. And Arizona's not yet.
2: No, no. I mean Arizona is playing better, um, but yeah, you're right. They're not. They're not playing. This is the kind of game that. But then they were in it. I mean, this is, they didn't get blown out in this game. They played tough. Uh, but they can't turn the ball over against quality teams. They're going to lose every time if you turn the ball over. Um, so, you know, for the, for the Cardinals, I think, you know, this is they to to look at protecting the football. Uh, but the Eagles, again, I mean, this team played well. I mean, the defense seems to be playing better, which is a big thing as well.
3: Yeah, well, number two game, the Broncos, after blowing that huge lead, I know they made Sonia happy tonight with Peyton Manning throwing all those touchdowns. The Chiefs, man, lost three in a row, Trey. I mean, what's going on with Kansas City? Are they finally getting to the part of their schedule where they're going to have to work to win games and maybe it was easy at first, but they lost to Denver twice in three weeks and they lose that home game against San Diego last week. What's going on in Kansas City right now? It's not looking good for
2: them. Well, I mean, the Hawkins look a little out of sync. I mean, they're really not focusing their offense around Jamal Charles like they really did at first. I think that's part of the problem, but I mean, really, this puts them—you know—they're—they're they're going to make the playoffs. This puts them in a five or six seed now. Uh, you know, I picked them to win this game. I thought play, and they played—they actually played really well in the start of this game. I think they were up 21 to seven or something like that. They were up pretty good, uh, but they—they they just started letting—you know—the defense letting uh, Peyton Manning go to work. I mean, Decker had a really great game, uh, and you know, the offense stopped moving the football. It seems like they couldn't keep. Peyton Manning off the field in the second half, and that really hurt them. They needed to have a you know, more sustainable drive, uh, and they really just couldn't. You know, Alex Smith at the very end um, you know, couldn't, couldn't get a tied game at the very end of the game. So, you know, for the Chiefs not winning this game at home, I think that's a big disappointment because this is the game they needed to win at home to show they're still a legitimate, you know, top-tier team. Uh, now, them with the scheduling and everything, I really think the Patriots looks like they may have the number one seed in the AFC. At least a pretty good shot at it, you know, based on who they have to play the rest of the way. Uh, and the way the Broncos are playing, you know, they're giving a ball of points. So you have to think that now it looks like the Broncos and Patriots battling it out for the number one season in the AFC.
3: Yeah, Cuervo is on the line with us, and welcome, Cuervo. Well, I don't, I don't trust. Tell me what you think, Cuervo. I don't trust New England right now. Looking at looking at the way they look today against Houston. I just haven't seen any consistency from this New England Patriots team. I mean, they got down big last week. They came back in a huge win, but they lost to Carolina the week before. Cuervo, do you believe that, that New England is the best team in the AFC right now?
5: No, not even close, guys. It, it, it's Denver, and, and they, they showed me a lot today. I mean, they showed me that you know they can they can win at any given situation. So, um, it's, you know, the problem with New England is, it's inconsistency, in my opinion, of their receivers. I mean, you just never know if Edelman's going to show up, if Gronkowski's going to show up. And that that's why we always see Tom Brady so frustrated at times because, you know, you got guys dropping passes, you got guys, um, you know, running the wrong routes and, and things like that. So I, that, that's the problem in New England, and that's why you probably feel like, you know, that's why you're not really buying into the Patriots because their receiving core is just – it's it's way too inconsistent, and and Tom Brady is just it's something he hasn't experienced in a long time.
3: Yeah, Trey, do you agree with
1: that?
2: Yeah, I mean I agree that I don't think the Patriots are the number one team. I just think that they may have the best shot to it at this point because they play such a lack schedule at this point. And I still think the Denver Broncos are the best team in the AFC, but I don't know that will I guess I don't know if they're going to get there because of um, basically you know the schedule they
3: have to play. If if I told you guys Houston was going to come back and make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, what would you say right now, Trey? (laughs) Mathematically, that can't happen. (laughs) Good answer, man. I was going to put a bet on it, but I'm glad I didn't. But it was a great game. Peyton Manning, you know, you're going to go through in the NFL and you're going to have some games, especially, I mean, in the NFL, where you're going to struggle some week. You're going to lose. You're going to blow a lead, and that's all apart. This is a long season, Cuervo, and a lot of things can happen. We're seeing it with Kansas City now, but so I guess you're not concerned with Denver and the, the health of Peyton Manning right now, are you?
5: Well, no, I didn't go that far. I mean, you got to be concerned with that Tarv. You know, I mean, you know, especially with this, with it being this late in the season. You know, you you want him to be 100 percent going into the playoffs, and I think that's why. You know the the bye week. A lot of times we talk about how the bye week is a bad thing. Well, for the Broncos, depending on how Peyton Manning's ankle is feeling after Week 17, uh, that that bye week is something that they're definitely going to want to you know have in their back pocket.
3: Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm trusting right now. I'm, I mean, I didn't trust New England, but I'm hoping they can get healthy. And it's going to be. A, I'm hoping to see in the AFC Championship the Broncos and the Patriots. That would be a good one. And tomorrow night's game, our number one game, the Saints and the Seahawks. Cuervo, you weren't with us last show. What do you think about this game? Preview it just for a second.
5: Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, we, we talked about this one earlier on our show. Uh, that being said, we were breaking down all the games. You know, I, Sonny likes New Orleans, and you know, I went the other way. I think I think I like Seattle in this game, um, even despite the losses that they have defensively, I still think that this defense can rise to the occasion. I think what they're gonna do is I mean, you just you have to get in Drew Brees's face. You know, even even if you know you worry about these receivers you know, these receivers I you wanna talk about not impressed. I'm not impressed with New Orleans' wide receiving core. I mean Marcus Colson is good. Uh Jimmy Graham obviously that's you know enough me enough said about that but after Jimmy Graham, I just I don't see where you have your your true threat at. So I'm not I'm not really you know a lot of people like to praise New Orleans' as offense. I just don't see it. I mean, you don't have you you know if you were to plug any other quarterback in that system, well, I'd say probably about ninety percent of them it, it, it wouldn't work. It's all about Drew Brees. So I, I, that's why I like the Seahawks.
3: Well, Trey, I like the Seahawks as well. Are you changing your pick from our last show, or are you still, are you still good with Seattle? No, I think Seattle
2: wins this game. I just think they're going to defensively really shut down the offense. For Drew Brees, I think he's going to. those receivers are going to get jammed off the corner, and they're going to have timing issues. I mean, Drew Brees is the timing quarterback, and I don't think they're going to have too many problems with that secondary.
3: Well, it was a great weekend in the NFL, and, and we'll touch on the – Carolina game, Trey, Carolina came in. They took care of business of Tampa. And I know Sonny Cuervo was under the impression that Cam Newton was going to lose the day to Tampa. So I'll go back to Trey. Anything surprised you in this game with Cam Newton, the way he played He did throw two interceptions, but he did make some good throws and a few good runs, actually.
2: No, I, I really don't think the game needs to be commented. I mean, Tampa's pretty bad. I mean,
3: uh, they, sh- they should have beaten him. Oh, he's a Cam hater, Cuervo. He's a Cam hater, baby.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tampa Bay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: well, well, that's the funny thing about it, though, Trey. You know, Sonny actually picked Tampa Bay to win because he he was questioning the mental toughness of what, what was he saying, Tarvin? The whole team or Cam Newton? He was talking about one of them. He was questioning the mental toughness. Okay, and I, I told him, I said, you know, Cam Newton. I think he's right where he should be, you know, in his third year, he's, he's got, you know, he's, he's probably made the most improvement um, that I've seen in a long time in a quarterback from their second to their third year. So um, I, I, I you know, last year it was funny because last year we picked Carolina to win this division and we were a year ahead. So, or possibly a year ahead. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, it didn't – nothing really surprised me in this game, Tarvino. I I knew Carolina would go out there and and win convincingly.
3: Yeah, I did too. And, And, guys, let's go to college football real quick, Trey. And rivalry week was here. It started out Thursday night, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, there's something special about rivalry week. And what you said earlier about Ohio State and Michigan, you know, in these games, all you need to do is survive. And I agree with that. I mean, LSU looked terrible. They got the win. That Arkansas game is always tough at the end of the year. Ohio State was in a dogfight, and we'll talk about that game in a few minutes. But let's start with the Egg Bowl Thursday night. And the question, we talked about it the other night, did Dan Mullen save his job beating Ole Miss and getting bowl eligible? So Mississippi State is going to bowl. Congratulations. I still don't like you, Dan Mullen.
2: Yeah, I think he probably did save his job. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, both back-to-back years, uh, Mississippi State goes into the Egg Bowl and beats Ole Miss to be bowl eligible. You know, if you're Mississippi State, I just don't know if that's a long term good thing, but, you know, here we sit. I mean, Old Miss, another team who, you know, wanted to be considered, you know, at least one of the better teams in the SEC, and then, you know, they go out and finish with a 7 or 5 record and disappoint again. Uh, so, you know, for Mississippi State, great that they made a, you know, they got in the bowl. But, you know, for Old Miss Carmen, this show would be more about them than I think it did about Mississippi State. What do you think, buddy?
3: Ole Miss is a team that, man, they, they hit that stretch when they lost to A&M, Auburn, and Bama like that. They come back, and they just got dominated by Missouri, which scares me again about this weekend. But, I mean, did they just quit? That was my question. I mean, that was a tough game. Mississippi State, to me, has one of the top defenses in the Southeastern Conference. They They hit you hard. They don't make too many mistakes, but they're starting to get some quarterback play now which scares me a little bit looking at him for next year. Prescott's a good quarterback, Trey, and it seems like the offense really gel with him when he's when he's calling the plays back there. I think Mississippi State saved Dan Mullen's job, and, and the, one of the reasons is, Trey, I don't think anybody would take a Mississippi State job that could do better than Dan Mullen, but I think you're right. I think Ole Miss choked that game away, and Hugh Freeze should be concerned. If I'm an Ole Miss fan, I'm very concerned right now.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. That's what I'm kind of talking about is they kind of you know blew their shot to be you know one of the considered you know really legitimate team in the SEC and you know here you have a shot to put you know your not only your rival away, but this is also you know anytime you play a you know recruiting rival like like Mississippi State. I mean there's more at stake than just the game and you for them to lose the game this way and for Zach Prescott to look better than your quarterback. I mean you got to wonder about things you know about how that looks for Mississippi. Um, going into the future with Mississippi State almost, to be honest, in the fourth quarter looks like the better young team. Um, and that's not supposed to happen with the recruiting class and all the freshmen that are on the field for Ole Miss. So, you know, Tarvin, I think it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, for Hugh
3: Freeze it's a big loss. Cuervo, where does Hugh Freeze go from here? We're not going to stay long on this game or nothing, but while you're here, Hugh Freeze, you know, the recruiting class he had last year, and to come on the field now and go 7-5, and five and they beat LSU. But that was about it, really. I mean, can he pull in another recruiting class and build on this? Because I think recruits could be a little standoffish now.
5: I think they can. I think they will, too, because, you know, these these guys, you know, these, these kids are well aware of, you know, who these schools bring in, and, and they know, like, hey, you know, they brought in this many five-star, four-star, whatever. So they know, I'm not saying exactly, but they, they have an idea of how well their recruiting classes have gone, I'm sure. So for them to underachieve like that, I'm sure it has them wondering, like, is this the right school for me? So yeah, I think you're right. I think it's got them kind of nervous about committing to a school like Ole, or Ole Miss, yeah.
3: Well, our number 12 game was, one of the craziest games of the weekend, Trey, the Oregon Ducks at home Friday night. They're hosting their rival, and that's a rival game we talk about. Oregon State comes in like a three-touchdown underdog over that. Man, they had Oregon scared to death, didn't they, Trey? Oregon State played good football. I mean, they, they made plays when they had to. Was this a effect of them playing good above their head, or was this a, did Oregon play down? Or maybe Oregon's just not that good, Trey. What do you think?
2: Well, I think we saw in this game, I mean, that maybe, one, Oregon is, is not really a focused football team this year. I mean, they just haven't seemed to play focused, you know, since before Stanford. Uh, and since then, they seem to have just basically had to walk through all their games. And this is really no different. I mean, I was just watching this game and sort of shocked at how poor Oregon was actually you know, executing, how you know, Mariota did not look good at all. You had, I mean, just the defense getting slaughtered by, you know, Sean Mannion, uh, and this, you know, of course, Ward rushing for 145 yards against the net. You know, just Oregon, I mean, just look like a team who thought they could just show off and win versus a team who's focused and had a game plan.
1: Well, if we're going
3: to hear about Oregon tonight, it's going to be from the number one Duck fan in the United States of America, possibly the country. What's up, Jason Humphrey? Congratulations. yeah hey, guys, how are you guys
0: doing it tonight?
3: I'm good. How's it going?
0: I'm doing good. Um, I'm happy we won. It wasn't pretty, but um, I'm happy that we won. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, all
1: right. Well, well,
0: well, what do you think about winning?
3: I know you won, but one point when you're a three-touchdown favorite, I mean, I, I watched the Ducks out the other night, and I'm still not convinced, Jason, that the head coach there, as Helfrich has complete control of that team. I'm still not seeing a leader out there just yet.
0: Yeah, um, it's rooted really this year. Um, there's, There hasn't been that leader that we have seen, like on defense with Michael Clay or um, Kiki Alonzo or whatnot. I think Mark Helfrich has made a lot of rookie mistakes, and I think he'll fix it, so...
3: Well, what, what sure. do you well the Oregon State? How important is that game? Like, let's look at the Iron Bowl. We know me being from Alabama know how important I know how important that that rivalry is. But how big is the Civil War for everybody out here that's listening that maybe they don't understand the Civil War or the meaning behind it?
0: It's it's really big up here. Um, it's it's it doesn't have the hatred that the SEC rivals have, but um. As I would it's there's no hatred between all you know in the state. I hate Washington more, but um it's it's a big rivalry up here. I right? especially if you know, other Beaver fans or whatnot. So
3: Okay. Well Jason man, congratulations on that big ducks victory and, and we'll be on selection Sunday next week and we'll find out what bowl the Ducks are going to. Um, Trey, that was a great game, but let's move on to the big game of the day, the Florida State Seminoles with their biggest test of the season. They go on the road and play four and seven Florida Gators. Trey, what's your thoughts on that big rival game there?
2: Well, I mean, I think if you're, if you're <laughs> for Florida State, you, you kind of wanted to see how um, Jimbo Fisher and Jameis Winston would do against a really tough defense, a, you a know, legitimate defense. Uh, and honestly, they didn't. They didn't disappoint. They scored 37 points. They ran a controlling offense in the fourth quarter, really trying to keep the ball away from Florida and just run around the clock. And you like you like to see the running game come through. I mean, Winston was good in the second half, and the defense completely shut down an uh, offense they should have shut down. So it's just what you wanted to see out of Florida State and to sort of prove they can do it against a good football team. And when it comes to defense, at least.
3: Well, I'm, I looked at Florida State yesterday, and I was concerned. You know, Florida comes in at home, and they, they played with pride. They had talent. I mean, they have a lot of talent on defense, even though they were starting two walk-on linebackers. Trey, I wasn't very impressed with Winston in the first half yesterday on the road at Florida. It seemed like they – Florida was – I mean, I know it was 17 nothing and a half, but I thought it should have been more. I mean, should I be concerned about Florida State's ranking right now after the way they played against Florida yesterday?
2: Uh, for ranking purposes, no. I mean, I think they, you know, obviously you have a, remember you have a retro freshman quarterback who's going to play at times not
3: perfect. I mean, so.
1: You, you, I like I'm the way joking, he man. The you I'm
3: joke, I'm joking, dude. He played a great game. <laughs> I'll just see what you would say. Uh, Winston was 19-31, 327, three touchdowns. And remember, guys, this was on the swamp. And I know they've struggled and everything, but. Trey, I think Florida played one of their best games of the year. I know that sounds crazy, but they actually played pretty good against Florida State. I expected that, but Florida State covered the spread. It was 28-and-a-half, 29. They win by 30. Who can beat this Florida State team out there, Trey, real quick while we're talking about it? I'm looking at it right now, and I think it's going to be tough for anybody out there to beat Florida State.
2: Well, I think who can beat them. I, I think, you know, you know, again, anybody in the top five in Missouri, Auburn, Alabama. I mean, I think Ohio State has the least shot to do that. But, I mean, they're not un- unbeatable. I don't think there's a team out there this year that's unbeatable. I and mean, I think they're right now showing to be a complete football team. But, I mean, I, I still think that uh, when it comes down to it, I mean, I think one of those SEC teams match up the best with them. And uh, to be honest, I think Auburn may actually have the best um the best chance against Florida State, to be quite honest with you, um, out of all the teams out there. But just because of the way they run the football, and I think that's something that Florida State could um, be a little soft on, when it comes to that, the way that Auburn runs the football. But I think, you know, I'm you, I think they're beatable.
3: Yeah, but they're – I guess they look better to me than anybody out there. They've, they've been that one team this year that, that really hasn't played a close game. And you look at their schedule strength, it's not up there, but the way they've demolished everybody – that they played, their, their defense has played well most of the season. Trey, Clemson losing last night maybe hurt the perception a little bit, but, I mean, the way they handled Clemson, the stage it was on at night on the road. Florida State is the number one team in the country, and, and there's no argument right now. Will they stay there? We'll see. Maybe the Duke Blue Devils will have something to say about that. But the next game uh, in the Big Ten, it wasn't a shocker, but the 8-3 Minnesota Gophers, Trey, they finished 8-4 and 4 after losing to Michigan State. That's very respectable what the Gophers have done. But here we have a top-10 Michigan State team. Are they really deserving of a top-10 ranking, in your opinion? They lost to Notre Dame, but if you look at their schedule, what do you think about it? I mean, are they overhyped just a little bit? Will that Big Ten championship game live up to the hype? Because I don't know, if Ohio State beats them, what is it really saying?
2: Well, and their defense is legitimate. I'll put it that way, Calvin. But, I mean, if you look at the top ten or even the top 15, I mean, to be honest, I mean, there's just so many teams out there who are mediocre who are, to be honest, from anywhere from eight to 15. I mean, LSU is 15, which is kind of a joke to me. Um, but you talk about, you know, are they a top ten team in, more, in most years? I don't think they would be, even at the rough road now. But, I mean, the defense is legitimate. They're going to have something for Iowa State defensively, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Ohio State offensively and pull up any kind of upset. But we'll see, Tarvin. I mean, I just don't think they're the kind of teams who would win on an elite stage, to be honest.
1: Well, Cuervo,
3: uh, I think you're back with us. You're up that way. Kind of Michigan State, do they have the defense to be able to slow down Braxton Miller? Because when I watch Ohio State play, I have no problem with their offense. It's very good a dynamic quarterback, but that defense is is not very good, giving up over 600 yards to Michigan. Can Michigan State pull the upset in the Big Ten Championship?
5: I think they can. I really think they do. And, and the key to stopping Braxton Miller, um, you know, is, is the rush off the ends, you know, off the edge. And that's what you have to do. You know, you can't let Braxton Miller break out to the, uh, you know, to the side, you know, on the outside because – if you let that happen, then he's gone. I mean, he's got he's got great speed, and he'll he'll burn you. But I think um, I I don't think as far as being able to completely shut him down, I don't know about that. I mean, it's just for Braxton Miller. I think you you can I think you can slow him down big time. But yeah, it, 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 yeah as far as can they do it? I think it's possible. It's just those defensive ends are going to have to play a great game.
3: I mean, how impressed are you with them this year, Michigan State? Right now, they finish at eleven and one in the top ten. But I still can't get that Notre Dame loss out of my head, Cuervo. I mean, am I am I wrong to be thinking that way? It's just one game in a season, or I mean, who have they really beaten in your mind that, that's really impressed
5: you? Well, I mean, and, and that's a fair that's a fair argument. I you know I've heard that quite a few times. You know, and I mean, they're they're one their one loss was to Notre Dame, for goodness sakes. And we all know, you know, we all have our opinion about Notre Dame. So, that's, you know, I mean, but still, for them to play, you know, the, the type of defense that they're, you know, number-wise, the, the number that they're putting up, I don't think you can ignore that just because of the schedule that they've played. So, you know, we're going to find out how good their defense really is. That's what it comes down to, and, you know, we're going to see how valid your argument is when they when they go up against an offense in Ohio State that that can definitely put up some points on the board.
3: All right, guys. Well, our next game, number nine, the Arizona Wildcats' trade. This is a big rivalry. I mean, Arizona at Arizona State. Arizona State was a big favorite in this game. What did you see in this game to convince you that Arizona State can beat Stanford in the Pac-12 championship?
2: Um mean, just the way they won this game against a rival. Um, the way they looked against Kadeem Carey, a premier uh, running back, you know, and they, did, they— to be honest, I was really impressed with the way they played in the football game. And it really took me, um, I guess, to a different level with the way I believe in Arizona State. I, I just think this team is a lot better of a football team than I gave them credit for. Uh, and Tarman, I just think they're going to give
1: Stanford
3: all they can ask for, because that offense is just really dynamic. Yeah. Well, Trey, we're going to take a call real quick. 404 Area Code, your own way in sports. Who's this? 404 area code You're on way in sports who's this all right you pressed number one so i know you wanted to talk but anyway uh arizona state to me trey they, they came in there and they man they've laid the hammer down on ucla and then they do it to arizona I, I really do believe that this arizona state is the best team in the pac-12 right now stanford with two losses trey they're still overrated this arizona state on a neutral field. Now, this will be in Arizona State, correct? It's not going to be in Stanford this time. I think they yeah, get the no, home no, field advantage. Again. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, they had 478 yards, not too shabby. They're balanced: 274 passing, 204 rushing. But Arizona State, Arizona, turned the ball over four times. The Arizona State's won, but this is a fun rival game to watch. So Arizona State's the real deal. I give them their respect. And I, I'm I'm ready to preview that game Wednesday night coming up in that pac twelve championship, and the next game, Trey. I don't know about you, but the Georgia Bulldogs went on the road to Georgia Tech without Aaron Murray, but man, they got in a big hole fast. How did they come back?
2: Well, I mean, they they relied on Gurley more, um, but I mean this this I, Georgia Tech was terrible in blowing this game. They really, to be honest, I mean, they were making. That defense made, you know, VAD Lee, the quarterback for Georgia Tech, look phenomenal at times, which was kind of crazy. I mean, Georgia Tech was able to pass them all in Georgia. Um, but Georgia, you ended up finding a way to pull it out in overtime or double overtime or whatever it was. which surprised me that Georgia was able to, you know, be that resilient uh, when Georgia Tech really dominated much of the game. So you got to give Georgia a lot of credit for coming back and winning that game. But this is why Georgia Tech is just a terrible football team at times
3: because they – they have an offense built to hold a lead, and they couldn't. Cuervo, how big was this game for Georgia? I mean, salvaging their season without Aaron Murray, they finished eight and four. They're ranked in the top twenty-five. They should get a a decent bowl game, maybe an Outback Bowl. You never know, Chick Fil A Bowl. How big was this win for them? I think it was huge.
5: Well, I think it was huge, too, Tarver. You know, I think, and I think Mark Rick. Um, saved his job. I mean, I just I, I mean, there's no other way to put it. In my opinion, I think I think he was going to be a really really close to getting let go. But because they, you know, finished with a nice win, you know, in rivalry week and they're going to they're going to get a draw for a decent bowl game. I think that bought Mark Rick um, you know, maybe a year or two more and um, you know, so for recruitment purposes, that definitely helps out a lot as well, I think, because you know, it's never easy to to recruit at you know with a new with a new head coach. So, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely huge in a lot of different ways.
3: Well, Trey Paul says that Georgia is going to end up in the Music City Bowl. Do you think that's because of their record, or maybe Aaron Murray's not there, or maybe the fans won't travel and really care? Because you know the expectations of Georgia when the season started was an SEC East championship, possible SEC championship, national championship. What do you think about his projection? Well, I think it's possible given the fact
2: that they don't have Aaron Murray and given that they have four bosses. mean um, they're going to fall based on just, you know, where they sit in the SEC.
3: Yeah, but the Georgia Bulldogs, they they pull it out. I mean, they said it was the loudest Tech's been downtown Atlanta in a long time, especially in that overtime. But what surprised me, Trey, is Georgia Tech held Georgia to 138 yards on the ground. I'm still not thinking – I still think Gurley, something's wrong with him. He only ran for 122 yards on that defense. He had three touchdowns, but he's still not right since that injury uh, against LSU. But throwing the ball, 300 yards passing, uh, not too bad for Mason, a backup quarterback in a rival game on the road, Trey.
2: No, no, not at all. I mean, good first game for him. I mean, maybe something for them to build on. I mean, if this is the guy next year.
3: If you're Auburn right now, are you looking for Georgia to kick off the player so we can – Pick him up as quarterback. <laughs> I think Georgia's
2: public, I mean, with Mettenberger and you know Marshall, <laughs> when come out of Georgia. You know, look at their look at the guys. They maybe maybe keep letting letting go.
3: All right, I just had to throw that one out there, guys. I'm, I have a sense of humor tonight. In the number six game, uh, Cuervo Ohio State, eleven and zero, went on the road to Michigan. Tell us. I mean, is it just me or? I have to blame this on the coach. If you you teach your players to fight, you don't teach them to punch with somebody with a helmet on. What do you think? Well, I mean, I thought
0: that was,
5: you know, it, you know, it doesn't surprise me, okay?
0: For some people,
5: it may surprise them. But look at Urban Meyer's track record. Look what's happened to some of his players in the past few years. He's had some... Some 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 gangsters on his team. All right, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna say what it is, and you know, I mean, so are we really shocked at his you know behavior of his players? Because eventually it comes out that these guys, you know, they're not the the most well um, you know respectful guys. You know? And and I think for Urban Meyer, he's that type of coach. Hey, you do what you, you do what you got to do to win. And if that means bringing guys on your team that have attitude problems, then Urban Meyer is going to do it. So,
1: well, I mean, so well, you, Trey, when
5: you think about it, are we really are we really surprised by it? Yeah, Trey.
3: Looking at Urban Meyer, he came out and said he would not punish his players. I mean, how in the Urban Meyer has been known to do that too. Do you really think he's going to suspend two of his top players uh, with the Big Ten championship coming up? Is he is he setting a bad example here? For, for his team. I mean, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm, I'm very aggravated that you're not suspending a player that's flipping off the entire Michigan crowd after he gets in a fight on the field. I mean, that's as classless as it gets. Urban Meyer needs to be dealt with in a way by the AD.
2: Well, I mean, he, he may not have a choice. I mean, maybe he's thinking that college football or the Big Ten or somebody else is going to suspend that guy for, for next or this week coming up. I mean, he knows something. Uh, so maybe there was already sort of you know, bound to happen. I don't know. I didn't think I needs to be suspended for a game at least, um, not only for the fighting, but you
3: know, for that as well. On top.
2: Well, let's get down
3: to the to the stats in this game. Michigan with 603 yards, 31 first downs. I mean, Trey four, Devin Gardner looked like Peyton Manning yesterday with 451 passing yards. I mean, what is going on? I mean, is and and this is why Ohio State's undefeated. That's great and everything, but if you look at their schedule. I'm just not buying it. Seeing that performance, I know it's a rival game, but to give up 600 yards and almost 500 yards passing, the offense is getting about 150 a game. I mean, what's the deal with Ohio State's defense?
2: Well, I mean, their defense has not been the greatest all year long. I mean, they give up points to a lot of folks. But, uh, you know, this is obviously a rivalry. I mean, Gardner was great. I mean, we thought Gardner was a good player, I mean, you know, at the very beginning of the season. It just took him up. You know, he's been having a terrible offensive line issues. I mean they figured out some of the stuff in this game. Um, but, but you yeah, know, I will say, Carvin, I think uh, you know, some people were saying, you know, for those of you who don't know, this game came down to Michigan tied the game or uh, was done by one and could have kicked the field goal, assumed an extra point to tie the game and go for two. Uh they went for two, I'll tell you, I think it was the right move on Michigan's part by the way. I don't know if you're gonna what your thought is on that, but I I was really impressed by uh Michigan with the, the guts to go for two and say, you know, we're not we're not we're not looking to tie this game and go into overtime. We're looking to win it now.
3: Well, it kind of looks like a desperation move, Cuervo, with going for two. You're at home. Don't you usually play for the tie at home and go for the the win on the road?
5: Well, when it's rivalry, I don't think you take that chance either way. I mean, you have to go with the, with the sure bet and, and go for the tie. I mean, Brady Hoke, he's going to – i am tell you, he's going to have some sleepless nights thinking about that one, I think, because it, if rivalry week means anything to him, and I and I can't remember off the top of my head where he coached before, but if rivalry week has any type of meaning to him, then, yeah, that one's going to haunt him next year. So, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you're at home, if you're on the road. You have to go with – What is the sure bet? So, I mean, no, I I wouldn't have done it. I would have gone for the extra point and and just tied that baby up and and tried to win it in overtime.
3: Trey, if you're a pollster out there, how do you not – and maybe they did, but I'm not paying attention to it. How do you not look at that? I mean, when you look at Michigan, I mean, how good have they been – in the last six weeks really when you look the record was decent but when you when you look at them unranked and you look how bad their offense has been and their defense has been how do you not look at this game as a pollster and and scratch your head a little bit because i think missouri is is a better football team right now and especially if they win the sec and i think auburn too could be should beat ohio state you know handily the way they rush the football because if you can't stop michigan from 600 yards, you're not going to stop Missouri or Auburn, Trey. Well, I mean, I think the debate of who wins is, is obviously a
2: one that I think goes into favor of the SEC teams. But, I mean, the pollsters don't clearly, not only in the Ohio State thing, but like I said, you're know, talking about LSU and, you know, in that Arkansas game, they didn't hold that against LSU, and LSU's 15th. And, you know, so – The pollsters clearly haven't really looked too far into these games. I mean, we talked about this before. A lot of these guys don't watch these teams play. They just see a final score. So, you know, they don't – I think they held it against Ohio State, some of the people who watch them play all year. Uh, But I don't think this particular game is being held against them that much. I mean, the same thing goes for LSU. I just don't think the pollsters are holding it against these guys when they play crappy teams and barely
3: win. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but we're going to see. I I think we're going to see a case, guys, of, you know, Missouri's at five, Auburn's at three, and the winner of that game is going to get the respect, uh, and they're going to move ahead, especially if I know people say, Ohio State's playing a top-ten team, but I think they're there by default right now. But the next game, a big rival game, trade, Notre Dame got ranked just in time to play Stanford, uh, the number eight team in the polls at nine and two, you know, I'm not a big fan of them, but what did you think about this game? Did Stanford do enough to impress you to to, to let you know and that they're a top ten team? Because I watched, I fast forwarded through it, I recorded it. I wasn't very impressed with Stanford at all.
2: Well, I mean, Stanford played. I think the way they, they needed to play in this game to, to beat Notre Dame. I mean, that's really all it is to it. I mean, I think they played the game they has to do to beat Notre Dame who is a very average football team. Um, but Stanford is, you know, a solid football team. They, they, they don't play well and they have to throw the ball. They didn't have to in this game. They were able to control the game. I mean, what, we, what we saw from Stanford is, is they struggle and they have to rely you know, on throwing the football. And if they're up by 7 or 10, they're able to just run that football and sort of control it, and that's exactly what they were able to do in this football game. And like I said, they're a really great football team, and they're able to do that. But if they have to throw the football, uh, we've seen Kevin Hogan has his problems.
3: Man, I, I'm telling you, Stanford Cuervo. To me, I'm, I'm just not sold on them. You beat Notre Dame at home by seven points, and and I, I think they've looked bad all year. They look good against the in the Oregon game. That's about it. I just think, I just really think that Arizona State is going to boat race them, Cuervo.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've already played this year, haven't they? Uh, Stanford, yeah, Stanford and, Stanford and
3: yeah, Stanford outmuscled them early in the game, had a big lead, and Arizona State came back. But Stanford just kind of let off the gas a little bit.
5: Yeah, and I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see if things are different. But I mean, you, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, take away from what happened the first game. I mean,
0: Stanford beat them, and you know, and
5: it was. All I'm looking at it right now; is two touchdown games. So, so we'll see. Though this time it's at a neutral field. You know Tarvino, this isn't a home game for Stanford this time, so we'll see we'll see how they fare out this time.
3: Well, Trey, the next game, I mean, it wasn't a surprise to us. I picked UCLA in this game. Ed Orgeron, ever, all the fans are starting to buy into him going into this game, but man, they got whipped by UCLA. They got out physical, out manned, outclassed, everything, out coached. Did, is Ed Orgeron the right fit? Because I heard Kurt, her, who was it? Jesse Palmer say that they shouldn't hire him as the head coach. They should hire a bigger name, but they should leave him on the staff. I, I totally disagree with that, Trey. I think Ed Orgeron needs to be gone. You can't leave him to cause any kind of controversy with the new coaching staff coming in.
2: Well, I, I think one is I think he, he doesn't need to be the head coach. If you're USC, he you can't be the guy you think is the, you know, the, the person to turn this whole thing around. Uh, the whether, whether he stays or goes, I think it has to be the complete decision of the new head coach. I mean, if the new head coach wants to keep him as a coordinator, then that's his decision in his in his ballgame to live with. But I just, I, I just am not a fan. I mean, this guy won what the most he ever won at in the SEC was four games. Uh, you know, USC is a program who's going to, you know, they're going to need uh, somebody who can win big games. And I don't think, you know, Eddie O is the kind of guy who can do that.
3: Yeah, I mean, looking at this game, what – what stood out to you? Maybe what surprised you about UCLA being able to manhandle Southern California? You know, going into this game, Trey, I wasn't sold on Southern Cal's offense. That's why I picked UCLA in this game. And with the dynamic quarterback UCLA has, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I don't know why Vegas has them a four-point favorite.
2: No, I predict UCLA was going to win this game as well. And I thought that they would play well. I thought UCLA had more talent and more depth than their team in. Uh, and obviously that's what we saw. We saw UCLA just beat them up and then out, outplay them, and they had more talent on the field uh, and how they made bigger plays. So, you know, that's like what I expected in this game, and that's what happened. And, I, you know, I just don't think USC is, is there, and maybe they will be if they can get a new head coach who can recruit some more talent. I mean, five stars are just asking
3: to come to, to
2: USC. They're just looking for somebody to lead them.
3: Yeah, if you'd like to call in and, and weigh in tonight, 646-716-5564, anybody's welcome to call in tonight. Just keep it clean. That's all we ask, 646 716 We'd love to have you on the show tonight. And the next game, which I was pulling for A&M last night, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I know how good Missouri is. Johnny Manziel, trade, anybody that's cooled off. I mean, he has. I mean, this Texas A&M team—they give someone a contract extension, pay more money. All he did was deliver eight and four season for the Aggie fans. I mean, is that acceptable? Eight and four for Texas A&M, their second year in the in the league.
2: Well, no. I mean, given the offense they have. I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, if Manziel goes in the first round, they have three solid first round draft picks uh, coming off this team with Mike Evans, and of course, you know with. You know, one of the top offensive linemen in the nation, one of the final the finalists in you know the you know the award. I mean, this you know final top three. I mean, so they have the talent on offense. Their defense has just been lost all year. The fact that they haven't been able to figure anything out on defense is problematic. I mean, they played better in this game against Missouri, um, but you know, Missouri I thought had more more ability. You know, with those big wide receivers and with Franklin back and Matty Mock being able to come in and do his thing. I thought they were going to score. I figured it was going to be more. I was surprised that Texas A&M played as well as they did in the secondary in this game against those receivers. But the way Missouri was able to keep Johnny Manziel in check was was really surprising to me, Tyler. I just Manziel was running for his life most of the game, and he made a lot of poor decisions, which really haunted him in this game. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over as much as I think he could have in this game. I think he he probably left some turnover there on the field that you know Missouri wasn't able to come up with.
3: Cuervo, what did Missouri do to be able to hold Johnny Manziel to 195 yards passing and the rushing attack surprised me? They got 184 yards, which I didn't know the A&M had a running game. What did Missouri do? Did we lose Cuervo? Well, Trey, I'm, I'm surprised that 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 they really helped Johnny Manziel in check like that is, well, what did they do, sell out to stop him and give up some rushing yards, in your opinion?
2: Well, I think they gave up some rushing yards. I think they ran in more of a contained defense. They put their ends out on the end and sort of kept Menzel in the pocket and versus allowing him to break the end and break contained. Um, so they actually did a really good job of doing that. I think they, they played assignment football, and they really had some nice, nice blitzes from the ends at times to at least keep Menzel sort of you know, either rolling to his weak side or constantly being on the run. And they actually, you know, to be honest, you know, guarded Mike Evans really well, and it seemed that, that really confused Manziel because he couldn't key off on his one
3: guy and he was double-covered, and sometimes triple-covered. Do, do you think it would be wise for Johnny Manziel to come back one more year at least and, and play? He still has two years of eligibility left, and I'm just thinking it would be smart in his best interest to come back, mature a little bit, and, and learn the quarterback position a little better.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, there's an argument to be made there, but I, mean, I think Manziel is going to be a first or second round draft pick. I think somebody is going to take a chance on on what he has to offer. I think, to be honest, it could be Houston, uh, you know, bringing home a local boy to, to sort of lead that team. Um, so I think he'll take the money. I mean, if anybody is going to take the money and, and call it football tournament, I think it's going to be, you know, Johnny Cash symbols.
3: Well, Squarebo, do you think – Oh Johnny Cash should come back for one more season and make that SEC West a little more interesting next year.
5: Johnny Cash is that his name now?
3: That's what I'm calling
2: yeah,
5: Johnny Cash. Yeah, Johnny Cash. <laughs> what? Well, if, yeah, if he does, if he does, uh, well, I was going to make a make a song reference, but it probably wouldn't work. Uh, I, I mean, I think he should. I really do. I think it just, it just makes college football that much more exciting. But, you know, knowing him, he's going to chase the money. We all, we've all seen that happen before, too. So uh, we've seen him do that. So I, I don't know if he's going to – I don't know. I don't think he's going to come back. He should, but I don't think he will.
3: Well, guys, tell me if I'm crazy here, Trey. I'll start with you. Johnny Manziel has, didn't look like himself against LSU. Was the fix in? Did he did he bet on LSU that day? You know, he likes to to wager a little bit on some football games and and make some easy cash. Did he, did he make some easy cash in in Baton Rouge?
2: <laughs> no,
3: no, I don't think he had any new betting on football. I think this is Johnny Manziel,
2: I think some of his recklessness is coming back to haunt him. I mean, you play. Uh, as reckless as he does at times, it's going to bite you. And I think, you know, what you're seeing later on in the season is, you know, teams have had a year to prep for him, a year to, you know, game plan against him. Uh, And I think that's what's really coming home to roost for him is, you know, he has to change with the defense because I don't think he has.
3: Well, any chance of him being invited to New York uh, for a Heisman dinner? You know, a couple of weeks ago I said yes, he was a favorite, and then he played LSU, Trey, and, and he got owned, and then last night with that bad performance, in my opinion, I don't even think he gets an invite. What do you think?
2: You know, I think he's possible to get an invite as one of the final five. Tarvin, I don't I mean, I don't think he has a shot to win it, but as whether he gets to go um, at, at the number five spot is, is definitely possible. All
3: right. Well, Brian Burgess asked what kind of retarded question is that. Um, I don't think it's retarded at all. I don't think he should be invited right now I think there's some other players out there that that should go and remember he's eight and four guys he is eight and four this year and if, if he would have beaten LSU and, and ended the season with two losses at 10 and 2 I could see it but I, I don't know I don't think he deserves a dinner right now and that's just my opinion the next game made me very happy last night Dabo Sweeney went on the road and, and played Steve Spurrier Trey and Steve Spurrier owned him again why what is it with Steve Spurrier and Dabo Sweeney. Why can't Dabo get a win against his, his arch rival?
2: Well, I mean, what it comes down to for Clemson is turnovers. I mean, good God, they just caught the ball left and right. I mean, so whatever Spurrier seems to be doing, is it seems to be forcing uh, Dabo and that offense into n- numerous turnovers. And he just can't beat uh, a good football team like South Carolina turning the ball over. And that's really what it came down to. You I know, mean, Clemson holds onto the ball. I mean, we may have a different outcome, but, I mean, they just could not. And you look over the last what five years in a row, and I think, what, the turnover is like 16-2 to two or something like that in those games. So, I mean, clearly Clemson has, has ball
3: control issues
2: against South Carolina.
3: Well, well, Cuervo, looking at South Carolina, let's look at the numbers with Clemson. Taj Boyd, not a bad day, 352 yards passing, or, or excuse me, 225 yards passing, 127 rushing. You tell me, Cuervo. What is it that Steve Spurrier has over Dabo Sweeney? Because he looks intimidated on the sidelines, and usually he looks confident. But against Steve Spurrier, I mean, is he intimidated?
5: I don't know. That that's a good question. I I couldn't really give you an honest answer, but um, I, I guess he just knows his body of work. I I I, I <laughs> you got me on that one, Tarbino. I couldn't give you a a real honest answer, but there's something about him. I don't know what it is, but there's, you know, just maybe it's just a respect level. I, maybe that's what it is.
1: Well,
3: well, Cuervo, just to ask you a question, your Tennessee Volunteers beat South Carolina, which really turned out to cost them the SEC championship. I mean, how does that make you feel as a ball fan, causing pain to the South Carolina nation?
5: Well, you know, I, I can lay my head down every night, Knowing that we ruined South Carolina's chances at an SEC championship, and I, I just I sleep that much better at night, Tarvino. So hopefully that answers your question.
3: All right. Well, I mean, Trey, South Carolina another chance to to have an 11 win season. What well, what what they've done along with Alabama, Trey, over the last several years has been pretty amazing. I mean, South Carolina has been the most consistent team besides Alabama in the country. One of them.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and I mean, they've been. I mean, one thing, Spurs always to do is win football games, you know. And so, the problem is, this is one of the years they needed to win more. I mean, this is their this was their really big shot, sort of to get on the national stage versus to get on that sort of straight consistency stage. But, you know, if you're South Carolina, you're
3: not happy with what
2: Spurs doing. I just think you're crazy because I mean, he's put together a good football team after a good football
3: team. Well, I mean, that's a great season for South Carolina. We'll see. You know, maybe they could possibly, I doubt it, get a BCS bowl game, but you never know. But they'll get a good bowl game, and, and I think they'll perform well. And, Trey, we're going to the Iron Bowl now, the number one game. And, you know, Sabin and Malzahn met at midfield, Trey, and Sabin asked him, you know, was he nervous about his first Iron Bowl as a head coach, and this is what Malzahn said.
1: I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me, so don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous.
3: Trey, thoughts on Malzahn's comments, this evening? <laughs> I don't know if Malzahn, uh,
2: was stationed in Cuba at all. That's surprising.
3: Cuba, Arkansas State, you know, same thing. Uh, but it's... Well, what an Iron Bowl, guys! I don't know who all missed it. If you missed this game, then you're probably not a true college football fan because this rivalry is is amazing, guys. I mean, one of the best rivals. I and mean, I know I'm I'm partial, I'm biased, but I'm telling you, one versus four, this matchup, the fans hate each other. I mean, there's families divided on this. And I'm going to go ahead and bring a caller in from the two five six area code. You're on way in sports. Who's this? Hey, this is Corey. What's going on, guys? Hey Corey, how's it going? I, I heard you went to the game last night. What'd you think about it?
1: Uh, I'm still trying to decide if it really happened or not. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I was pretty confident Auburn could play with Alabama and beat Alabama, despite what all of the so-called experts said. But I've just never seen a game end like that, or with the kind of plays that, that took place, like with Alabama's 99-yard pass, and did. Just all the different plays and things that happened, and then to end the way it did—I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of in
3: disbelief. Well, Corey, tell me what you thought, and tell me if you thought the same thing when McCarron hit that 99-yard touchdown pass. Did you think that, oh my God, Alabama is going to win a championship and they're going to win a Heisman Trophy right here on our field?
1: Mm, no, I mean, yeah, I did think that helped McCarron's chances for the Heisman Trophy, and I mean. They lost the game, but I still think his performance overall probably improved his chances for the Heisman Trophy. But, uh, no, at that point, I mean, it was still ten and a half minutes left. I I didn't necessarily think they had won the game yet. Well, well, um, while I have you on here just a
3: second, what did you think about, you know, the rushing attack of Auburn against uh, a very good defense in Alabama being able to stop the run? Did that surprise you that Auburn was, was able to run the ball once they got got that first down. You know, they'd get a first down, they'd get in a hurry up, and it just seemed like they had a lot of success on the ground, especially between the tackles.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know why we're talking about this, uh you know, according to the rest of the country, Auburn can't run on Alabama. So uh, I don't know why you're trying to bring that up, Brian. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was, it was something that a lot of people, you
3: know, were they were concerned about and talking about. But if you look at the stats, Nick Marshall didn't have a good day passing, like yard wise. He had a couple of big plays, but other than that, Auburn, you know, ran the ball well, and I think it surprised a lot of people out there. And we'll
1: hear about it all week. A lot of these analysts were wrong. Uh, I don't think you'll hear about it from the analysts. They'll just pretend that uh, they picked Auburn to win and move on to next week. That's what they always do with every game.
3: Well, I mean, I don't know what you think about this SEC championship coming up real quick. Real quick, while I got you, I mean, who would you rather play, play Missouri or South Carolina? I think Missouri's a tough matchup.
1: Uh Yeah, I probably would have rather seen South Carolina as an opponent. No disrespect to them, but I just think Auburn plays better against their style of offense. Uh, that Missouri offense really scares me.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Well, Corey, man, any final thoughts on the Iron Bowl, what you experienced,
1: uh, what you feel? Uh, just... Uh, I don't know this, this has been a great season. Nobody really, including myself, nobody really expected Auburn to do much more than maybe make a lower tier bowl. And uh, I mean, it's just it's been amazing, and just the way they've won these last couple of games, especially over big rivals. I mean, it's uh, I don't know if we'll ever see another season unfold like this as Auburn fans.
3: Well, I mean, it's it's tough on the blood pressure, Corey, if you're an Auburn fan, but. But, Trey, you know, looking at the Iron Bowl, I mean, it was one of the most intense games. I had to go back and watch it again because when you're watching it, when you're watching it live sometimes, you don't pay attention to everything. But give us your thoughts on the Iron Bowl.
2: Well, I mean, you got to be uh, absolutely impressed by Willie really Gusman was on kept his offense, um, sort of his offensive game plan, even into the, the fourth quarter where I think a lot of people – would have panicked, uh, he kept the rushing attack going, he kept his offense in mind. And I was, you know, when they talked about, you know, the pregame talks and they, they talked to Melzahn, he said, you know, people had not given up on the run way too early against Alabama. Uh, I thought, well, that's, that's either a rope dope phrase or he really is, you know, thinking that they're going to be running the ball in the fourth quarter no matter what. And it really was the latter, Tarvin. I mean, they were, uh, committed to their offensive game plan. They thought they could have success. Um, and, and they did. I mean, I, I still think, um, you know, I saw a comment, you know, when we started the show saying, you know, blame, blame saving comes out as soon as they lose. Well, I mean, Tarvin. sometimes when the blame, you know, is directly there, I just really think that Sabin had some moments where, um, you know, he kind of panicked, you know, with, you know, whether it was with the lead or with, you know, the way he was game planning. But I just thought that uh, Sabin could have made some calls that would have changed the outcome of the game.
3: Well, you know, Gary Danielson said it perfect, and he said it earlier in the week. You know, Alabama's the bully, and and you have to show a bully that you're willing to punch, but you can take a punch. So, you know, Auburn came out with a punch early, and Bama hit him three times. It was 21-7, to some mistakes by Auburn. But, Trey, how big was it that Auburn punched back before halftime and, and made it a 21-14 to game, getting the ball back coming out of the second half?
2: Well, and that was important because, it, it, you know, momentum is a lot of things in college football, and that really sort of swung the momentum toward Auburn going into the half. You know, and if not, you're talking about an Alabama team who, you know, favored national championship, you know, all this kind of all this stuff, and you, you going into halftime down by two touchdowns uh, is certainly intimidating, you know, no matter who you are, uh, to any team. So the fact that Auburn was able to go in right before the half and get those points uh, was important because, we you know, it, it really showed um, that they weren't going to give up in this game, and this game was going to
3: be four four quarters long. Well, Sonia, Minton is on the line, a big Alabama fan. Welcome to the show, Sonia. <laughs> Sonia, are you there? Tarvin? Yeah, I hear you. How hey,
4: you Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> I was just laughing at some stuff in the chat room.
3: So tell us your thoughts of the Iron Bowl, Sonia. I know it's a tough loss. is not used to losing football games. So, so tell us what what are your what your initial thoughts were.
4: Uh, well, you know we had, we had talked earlier, and I told you I wasn't comfortable with uh this game. I wanted us to win, and I, of course I always want Bamba to win, but I don't know. The more I saw of Auburn, I was just like, yeah, we'll see. So I woke up Saturday, and I told Jason when I woke up, I'm like, I don't know, but he was still gung ho. <clears throat> but it, it is what it is. It's like it's a loss, and We've lost before, we've been here before, we've been at the bottom, we've been at the top, and it's just so funny to me that uh, the, biggest, <laughs> the biggest shock of all is the number of people who are, who are just shocked that Bama fans aren't falling out in the streets or jumping from buildings and all of that crap. So, you know, it's like if you're a real Bama fan, if you've been following college football, you get used to the ups and downs. You know, you know some games you'll win, some games you'll lose. Would, would it have been great to, to three-peat? Yeah, it would have been great. But if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. We still have three of the last four. Uh, the last two were back-to-back. We we're still, uh, still won the SEC National Championship or SEC Championship game last year. It's no big deal, you know. And, like, people want to talk about um, living on past and all of that. Well, that's the exact same thing that other fans do when we bring stuff up. They bring up their pass, so we're going to bring ours up. It's the bottom line.
3: I want to to, to mention something Brian Burgess put in the chat room and said it was a dumb decision kicking a 57-yard field goal at the end of the game. But, honestly, do you have a better chance of kicking a 57-yard field goal with the wind at your back? with a kicker that can kick it from 60 in practice all the time or throwing a hell Mary up to the end zone and actually catching it. I mean, I don't think that was a dumb decision by Nick Saban to kick that field goal. You
4: just, you 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 do, the bottom line is the man is a coach. He makes the calls. Whatever he decided to do was what he decided to do. You know, so it's, uh, it's just one of those things. You could, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, we could have said, okay, if, K would have made his kicks if uh, um, Bama wouldn't have uh, attempted the the field goal at the last minute. Well, we could say, well, what if Auburn had made their first down? You know, what if Auburn had done that? We can sit here and do what ifs. But the bottom line is we lost, they won, that's it. (laughs) What else are we going to (laughs) do?
0: What are we going to do, write a letter and say, well,
4: you know, hey, SEC and – NCAA, if Bama would have done this, we would have won, so can you give us the win? Nah, you deal with it. You
3: just keep moving. I think as a coach like Saban, you really can't question someone that's that's won as much as he has, but look at the odds. Saban seems like, to me, a guy that plays the percentages and the odds, and I think a 57-yard field goal is more likely right there in that game than just some long pass to the end zone, because you never know what if McCarron gets hit, strip, fumble, pick it up. It's it's a bunch of ifs, but I think the best decision was that. And, and what do you think about that one second being on the clock? I mean, it looked oh. like on replay. I, I, didn't, I didn't think there was a second left, honestly, but they gave it back to Alabama, and that really put the nail in the coffin for them after that.
4: Yeah, it's, again, it's like I can sit here and say hindsight, hindsight. You know, if that one second, okay, would I have preferred a Hail Mary? <laughs> yeah, I can say that now, but then you think about it later. Okay, should they have tried the, the trick or – it's, I mean, tried to kick, it's, it's redundant. It's just useless. The bottom line is they won, we lost. We still have, you know, recent success. We don't have to go back to the 80s or, you know, early 90s to talk about Bama success. It is what it is. So I'm still proud of them. I still think they behaved very, very classily. I think they, they stepped out, did what they could do. They weren't in sync. They lost the game. Same thing happened last year. We lost to TAMU. So that's, well, you know
3: nobody's talking right now and i know it's crazy but bama dropped to number 4 in the bcs which we've seen crazy things happen i mean what is the reason oh yeah we, fou-
4: but that, uh, i think that's the reason the why it's title. not such a deal for bama fans is we've been here before you know we've been counted out before and then we you know luck comes with us and we get back in the game if not okay we go to our bowl game and we try again next year but you know, it's just what it is.
3: Well, Sonia, Brian in the chat room saying if, if Les Miles would have done that, we have been calling him crazy and, and being dumb, but because David did it, it's okay. What are your thoughts to that? <laughs> he's
4: right. We sure would. Because <laughs> <laughs> Les always do stupid stuff. It's not like he's, okay, I love Brian to death. Brian is my boy. But the bottom line is, come on, dude. When you look at Les Miles and some of the decisions that he's made, <laughs> compared to Saban, there's no comparison. Yeah, we'd be calling less dumb cuz that would just be something less is going to do. You know, but it is what it is.
3: Yeah, but I mean you're you're right about one thing. I mean, you the more pressure you have, the more you go. I mean, you can't win them all. Where do you see Alabama this season going if they don't make the a BCS game? Where where do you see them finishing actually?
4: Mm, what you mean as far as rank or what?
3: Not very important. What bowl game? Do you think Bama will go to? And will the fans travel? I mean, you know, it's oh, the it's oh, bus for Bama right now. I mean, because nothing, you know, anything lower than the national championships is a disappointment. <laughs>
4: uh, the 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 fans will travel. That's one thing that will never stop. The fans will always travel. So wherever we end up, that's where we'll be. The fans will be there. We'll be happy with that win. We'll Come back next year. We still, right now, as of right now, have the number one recruiting class. So it is what it is.
3: Well, Sonia, is Jason with you right now?
4: Uh, nope. He went back upstairs.
3: Well, I mean, t- tell us your thoughts real quick. If, if the winner of the SEC championship game, in your opinion, should they jump Ohio State in the final <laughs> BCS standing?
4: Huh, that's a that's a tough one. It's going to be hard, even with uh, with with TOSU schedule. They're still undefeated. It's two years in a row. Yeah, last year they couldn't play, but I think it would be hard to have a one loss SEC team jump TOSU. Yeah, I
5: want to give I mean, them credit. It's going to be
1: tough. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. tough. Ohio State. They it, won they're two undefeated, years in a so row. it's like.
4: If the same rules apply to us, so why would we change them?
3: you got to be yeah, consistent. Yeah, but, Sonia, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking the way they did Auburn in 04. You know, maybe they need a little payback. They need to to make it right the last time of the BCS, the last year. Maybe they reward Auburn and Missouri with with a chance. Because you have to remember, and I'm not saying this about a, just a conference in general, but the SEC conference and BCS games, they've won the last seven years. They didn't play in them just the last seven years. They've won the last seven years. How big is that going to be in the voters' mind next weekend? They could have a big choice they're about to make, a big decision. Do they change it based on that?
4: No, if, if they are smart, they stick with what they've been doing. It's, it's not, there's no need to try to appease the SEC. If it works for everybody uh-huh. else, it works for us.
3: Well, Sonny, any final thoughts on the Iron Bowl before we move on? Uh,
4: nope. Uh, congrats to Auburn. Great game. i got to give them all props. Their players actually brought it. Uh, special props to uh, Carl Lawson, a good friend of ours, Woody. Got to give him props. Props to all the classy Auburn fans out there. Lord tier barners. Well, you know, <laughs> trash is trash, and trash hangs around trash, so it is what it is. But... Um, Oh, and and Smelly's telling me right now, go Mizzou. (laughs) So I'm supposed to say that for for Chris Smelly, go Mizzou. But, um, yeah, the classy Barner fans who've been there before and act like they've been there before because they know it, then, hey, they're good to go. But the the trashy ones who, you know, act like they don't know what being on top is, (laughs) yep, they are so stupid. I totally agree. Somebody just posted that in the chat room. So, yep. Stupid, low-class trash, and that goes to the Bammers who are threatening Cade Foster too. All those Bama fans—they're low-class trash yeah. too.
3: Love them. Well, well, I totally agree, Sonya. And thanks for joining us, Sonia. Thanks for joining us in the chat room. And Cuervo, you still with us? You know, being a neutral fan here, just watching the game as a football fan. What did you think about the Iron Bowl?
0: Well,
5: I think it was—I think it was one for the ages, and I called it right right after the half. Um, you know, I was like, I, I smell a historic Iron Bowl coming. And I didn't know it was going to be to that extent. But, you know, I just, I just knew there was going to be something special that people were going to talk about for years about this game. And, I mean, this is, this is beyond what I, what I had expected. Matter of fact, I was on Twitter last night and uh, just looking at what people were posting. And I don't know if you know who Scott Hanson is, the guy that does uh, NFL Red Zone. On the NFL Network, yeah, he put that he and this was interesting. I thought this was interesting what he said. He said that 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 moment last night was this generation's Stanford Cal moment. You know, the whole band is on the field type thing, and that's what we got last night for. You know, for this next twenty years to cover, as far as college football is concerned, I was like, wow, that's you know, that's really interesting that he. That he put it that way because, you know, there's certain moments, good or bad, which obviously, you know, this is for some people a good moment, and you're always going to remember um, where you were watching it, and you know, so I mean that that's that's what you know that's what I thought. I thought it was a phenomenal game, and you know, lived up to the hype, and and more.
3: Yeah, so, so looking at looking at Gus Malzahn in this game, were you impressed with you know, with the way he coached and handled himself, even when they're down twenty one to seven and even, you know, on that fourth and one at the end of the game, their ability to drive the football, I mean, what is it about Gus Malzahn that that allows him to keep composure? He looks just to me, he looks he looks real composed. Should Auburn actually give him some more money now and extend him, or do you think it's a little too premature? Let's see what he does over the next couple of years.
5: Yeah, Tarver. I think it's way too premature right now. I mean, you know, some nice wins this year. I'm not taking anything away from what Auburn's done this year. However, you know, heaven forbid Auburn goes six and six next year, then Auburn fans are going to be like, "See, we, you know, I, I knew we shouldn't have gave them, you know, we they shouldn't have gave them the money," and and you know, Auburn fans will be calling for Mel's on Ted. So it, I think it's a little too early to talk about it you know, giving them a pay raise and things like that. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I, as far as what you were talking about, um, you know, how the, the team was able to come back from a 21-7 deficit, I think that just speaks not just about the coach and how he teaches his guys to have a, you know, never-quit mentality, and the game's not over until the clock says zero, which, we, you know, we saw that last night. But, I mean, you have to give a lot of credit to the players, though, too. I mean, Melzahn can sit there and preach all night until he's blue in the face. Look, don't quit, don't quit. Uh, you know, stay in this game. We still we have, have a chance to win. But if the players go out there and, and you know, they play, you know, half-assed, then, I mean, there's nothing Melzahn can do. He can't suit up and and, you know, go out there and make everything happen on his own. It's got to be up to the players, so you got to give a lot of credit to the players as well to for buying into Malzahn's what he's selling as far as having that never-quit mentality.
3: Well, Trey, you know, watching the Georgia game, you know, that was the best finish that we probably ever saw, especially me live. But did this Iron Bowl ending top the Georgia game, or is the Georgia game still above it? Well, I think –
2: if you're an Auburn fan, it, it has to top it because I mean, no, this is the Iron Bowl. I mean, and this point, and this is the SEC West. You know, this gives you the shot to play for the championship. So, I think it tops it. Um, but I mean, man, if you, it gives you a reason to watch Auburn for as a neutral fan because you never know what can, what's going to happen.
3: But I'm starting to like as a fan these CBS games. You know, you you try to mute Byrne and, and Gary, but um, I'm liking Gary Danielson. He I think he tries to overanalyze it, but. You know, how lucky is CBS, Trey, to be able to get two games back-to-back like this on the stage with, uh, you know, your games being talked about for two weeks while Auburn was on a bye week and then this one. I mean, where, where does this rank, this Iron Bowl rank of, you know, greatest finishes of all time? Some people said it's the best finish of all time. What are your thoughts as a, a non-Auburn or Alabama fan?
2: Well, to me, it's, uh, you know, Uh, when I look at all the football I've watched, it was the second best football game I've ever seen when it comes down to college. You know, I still look at the Oklahoma Boise state game as just being more ridiculous because there were more plays that I could not believe happened. Um, You know, just way too many things that shouldn't happen on a football field, you know, statue of liberty type plays, you know, the hook and ladder plays. I mean, it seemed like everything improbable happened, Um, but this is certainly the greatest last play I've ever seen.
1: Um, if you look at just
2: one play. But uh, overall, Tarvin is my number two game that I've ever seen in college football.
3: Number two? You you put Boise and Oklahoma number one, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah.
3: Overall, the most crazy game I've ever seen. Wow. Wow. Cuervo, what's the greatest game you've ever seen in like
1: this? Well, I would
5: love to put Boise and Oklahoma up there. I will admit, though, I – that I did not watch that game live. So with that being said, I would have to put oh, – maybe, maybe it's just because it's fresh in my memory, but, I mean, right now off the top of my head, I can't think of any more exciting of a game than than last night. I, I really can't. I'd have to think about it for a minute, but, you know, that's that's got to be right up there. I mean, we're talking – just college football. And I think I think last night's game is probably top two or three.
3: Well, guys, you know the Auburn Mississippi State game with Humberbell back there—the three to two game, Trey—that that could be right up there, right? The excitement and just on the edge of your seats. Um, maybe that game could be. But no, in all seriousness, I think the last two weeks is. It's something as a fan you dream of, and I mean it's stressful to go through that as a fan to, to have to win that way. But man, guys, Auburn could be right now. They could be seven and five team, or eight and four or something. Last minute drive, Mississippi State, uh, the Georgia game, the Alabama game. There's four right there, Trey. But when you win a game like that, is your player, Trey? What does that? I mean, does that really help you in your momentum? Do you really get to a point where you really think you can't lose?
2: Well, I think it does, I mean I think the confidence level for Auburn is going through the roof because of it. I mean they've really dodged two amazing bullets. I mean, with you know the Georgia ending, I mean most teams
0: get one of these every
2: so often. You know, like Nebraska had theirs earlier this year, where they had the the hail mary with you know at the end of the game to beat Northwestern. You know that was their crazy finish. They, don't, they didn't get another one, part of them. So for Auburn to get two, you have to start yes. thinking, man, maybe maybe yeah. we are, you know, maybe well, well, we are titanium
3: this year. Yeah, I mean, that, this year has been, been crazy, but I, I go back. I wasn't alive, really, watching this when I was a kid, The i Bama punt in the Iron Bowl. Van Tiffin's, what was it, 53-yard field goal in, what was it, 85, I believe. Lawyer Tillman's reverse in 86. It seems like these Iron Bowls come down to the end, some of them. Some of them are blowouts, like last year's 49 to nothing, And the previous year, what was it, 42-14, to 14, something like that, Trey. But where does the Iron Bowl, in your opinion, stack up with rivalries all across the nation?
2: Well, I think it's a premier rivalry. You know, I don't put it as number one. I don't rank the rivalries, to be honest, because I don't think you can. I think a lot of these rivalries depend on where teams are. I mean, some of them are, like you said, there's not one rivalry that is just a, an amazing game every single year. Um, but, you know, it's certainly one of the premier rivalries in all of college football because uh it has in so many years met something each year um you know, just as much
3: as any other rivalry well before we get off the iron bowl here guys let's let's move on to winston and and not many people are talking about it right now cuervo uh we're looking at Jameis winston for florida state i mean when are we going to find out have you heard anything whether he's going to get charged um uh, with this crime they're they're accusing him of right now, and how could that impact the BCS? Because I think if they lose him Cuervo before the BCS is voted on, I don't think Florida State makes it.
5: Well, I mean, I haven't heard anything Tarvino as far as when they're gonna, you know, make a final decision or when we're gonna get any news, but it needs to be soon. I mean, you, you can't. You can't just have everybody. Well, they probably will make everybody wait, but I don't think it's right. I mean, especially for Jameis Winston himself, because if they beat Duke next week, and in his mind he's like, "This is so awesome! I am a freshman about to go play for a national championship," and then what? Two weeks before the game, they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, we're charging you with with all these, you know, these uh, sexual assault and harassment, um, you know, charges that." This you know this young lady wants to press, and I mean what does that what does that do for a guy a guy like Winston? And what is he probably eighteen nineteen years old? He's a freshman in college. I mean, not that I feel sorry for the kid, but man that, that that's that that's gonna mess him up in my opinion. So I mean it's it's better to find out sooner uh, yeah sooner than later, and uh, I I mean I hope I hope we hear something within the next you know week. Whether it's you know within a week after the ACC title game, I think I think it's I think it's just fair to him and to the university.
3: Trey, it's gonna it could be bad if if, if they wait till after the ACC title game and they charge him and just say Ohio State and Florida State's in the championship. How bad is it gonna be to watch Florida State with a third-string quarterback really play Ohio State? Could this be the lowest-rated BCS title game of all time?
2: Well, no, I mean. I who knows on that question. I mean, I think that's a question that you wanted to ask no matter what happens with the game. But, um, you know, I mean, obviously, Florida State's chances to to beat anybody in the national championship game are, I think, pretty much none if if we start Sean McGuire. I mean, just, you know, third string freshman, (laughs) you know, I mean, come on. I mean, if he were to win any game, (laughs) even against Duke, I think that would be pretty impressive. But... Uh, just because, I mean, you don't start a third-string quarterback and really win games um, and ask Florida. I mean, you just, does that, does that happen? Um, so, you know, Florida State is no exception to that rule.
3: Yeah, I, I just think right now, guys, if if they had something on this kid, if they really had something concrete, it would already be out there, but if they don't, I, I really wish they would go ahead and, and just say they're not pressing any charges, because I know it's not about football, but it just seems to come at a weird time, Trey. That that all, all of a sudden Florida State's very good, Winston looks like he's running away with the Heisman, and all of a sudden these allegations come out. I just think it's it's putting a dark cloud over him in that program, which I think they're doing a good job, by the way, of of handling all of these distractions. You couldn't tell he was distracted by his performances on the field, actually.
2: Well, no, I mean I don't know how, to be honest. The, the program isn't sort of playing more poorly or being more affected. I mean. Um, you know, this is a, a pretty serious deal. I mean, this is really the, the whole season and everything, so and obviously, you know, two lives come out, you know, if, if it did happen, so you know, for Florida State and all this to be playing as well as they are is showing a lot of focus on Jimbo Fisher's part to keep them sort of, you know, looking at what's ahead of them, I and mean, there's no doubt about it that, you know, a lot of programs have any kind of, um, you know, off-the-field uh, incidents that, you know, there's a lot of distraction and they seem to, to be affected by it, but and you know, we'll see if, you know, another week for them to, to keep this. And you know, you're, we're hearing that it could be this week, um,
3: you know, could be. Uh, we'll see, Tarzan. Well, I just well, – wow, Trey, well, what do you think – and I don't want to beat this, but it's, it's something we need to report on a little bit now that it's it's farther along. What do you think about the police telling the girl that it wasn't a smart decision to do that since Florida State's a football town, it wasn't a smart move? Do you, do you find that kind of odd? or do you even think it happened?
2: Well, one, I think that's assuming quite a bit to say that that happened. I mean, uh, there is a, a real-world conversation that you have with anybody um, about going forward on stuff. You ha- you tell them realistically, you know, this is what could happen and this is what the ramifications for what not necessarily we would say, you know, and then probably the next sentence, even if it was said, was, you know, we're going to back this no matter what. Um, if you want to go forward, but, I mean, you have to tell people realistically what could happen if not get in the situation where, like, well, I didn't know this could happen, you know. So, I mean, I don't know that that actually happened, Carvin, but it, I don't think it happened if it did anywhere near what the media is reporting.
3: Yeah, I've, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, we're not talking about paying players. We're talking about alleged rape. I mean, do, do you think, Trey, that if this comes out Thursday that Jameis Winston is – has been accused of this or charged with it. What do you think the BCS or the coaches poll or whatnot, how do you think that affects their vote? Do you think they keep Florida State out? Or do you think they, they keep him in? Because he's one player, but but he's a very important player, in my opinion.
2: Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they keep him out. I mean, it's pretty hard to do when you have two undefeated teams. I mean, obviously if they lost, they have no shot. But, I mean, you know, one lost team isn't going to jump them just because of that happening. I mean, it's just – I don't think that's going to happen, but um, certainly, I mean, who knows, Tarvin? I mean, anything is possible if that comes down.
3: You have to worry, Trey, because Alabama's at number four, and crazy things happen when they're at number four right there. You never know. Winston could be charged. Chimbo uh, Fisher could be charged as well. You never know with, with Alabama's luck when it comes to the BCS. I mean, Cuervo, what do you think about this whole Winston uh, this Winston case right here? Do you think it's going to be something that's going to be you know, resume this week or resolve this week. I
5: apologize. Thank you, Barry. So, yeah, you're asking if if I think it should be resumed this week. Yes, I think. It, yeah. Hell, if they could resume, if, if they could resume it and get a final answer tomorrow, I'd, I'd be I'd be cool with that too. I mean, this thing just needs to to you know just end. This this needs to finish. We need to move on. You know, start talking about the good things in college football, all these championship games coming up next week. That's what we should be focused on, talk about the Iron Bowl and how great of a game it was and not mm-hmm. like, well, is James thing going to get arrested or not? Like, nobody wants to talk about that. I mean, I mean, it's, it's news, don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know. I just I, – I, I, just, I, just, I, I guess I'm just tired of talking about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. Whenever I hear it on the yeah. TV, I change the channel.
3: Yeah, Florida State reminds me of Auburn back in 2010, the way they handled these distractions, and they, they moved forward and took care of business, and all of a sudden it comes out that he's clear to play. Trey, you ne- you never know what's going to happen, but, I mean, I would find it very disturbing if, this, if he did do that, but I, I would be shocked if he did, honestly.
2: Well, the timeline is obviously interesting, Tarvin, in all this, but we don't know what's going to happen, and obviously until it really does, um, you know we're all kind of waiting to see what's going to happen, but um, you know certainly I think with with Winston if he doesn't get charged, Florida State is going to look uh, pretty good going into the national championship game. I think they'll get past Duke with Winston at quarterback. Um, you know, and then we'll look at you know being able to focus on football if that doesn't happen. If it does happen, then man the whole the whole this
3: whole season has got even crazier. Yeah, but what a finish. The last year of the BCS guys, I mean I'm I'm gonna miss all this debate and controversy. I mean, I love the BCS in a way, even though in oh four we got left out, I think they've done their job, they've gotten the right team in most of the time. Trey, I'm going to miss this two-team controversy here. I'm I'm really going to miss it. The four teams, if it was this year, I'd feel a lot better about our chances, and even Alabama would probably be back in it. But are you going to miss the BCS, or are you glad this four-team playoff is coming? No, I'm I'm ready for the BCS to be over with. I mean, I'd
2: rather have a conversation about, you know, Missouri versus Alabama, even though that would be just going to be solved this weekend. You know, I I feel much better about a four-team playoff, I mean, because it, it just takes that one week where some of these really good teams have a bad week, um, and, it, and it, it evens the field. I mean, so Alabama has a, you know, you know they lose to Auburn uh, this season. You know, they easily could, um, you know, the four seed, be the best team in the country going in there. So you just don't know. And I'm ready to see these teams actually play each other in a playoff and see who's able to win it on the field versus who's able to win it in some computer rankings.
3: Yeah, but, you know, you know, Paul said Oklahoma State, Florida State, Auburn, Ohio State, if Auburn beat Missouri, do you have a problem with that? You know, Bama being the one-loss team, would it be okay with you if Oklahoma State went ahead of Alabama with one loss since they would be conference champions?
2: Yeah, in fact, I would in this, this season. I think Alabama deserves to be in a 14 playoff. If we're talking about a 14 playoff, they lost two. You know, a top-four team, Oklahoma State lost to a four-and-eight team in West Virginia. So, I mean, it, it'll matter who you lose to. So, and to me, uh, this season it would be an SEC champion, you know, Auburn or Missouri, and it would be Alabama, uh, Ohio State if they're undefeated, and Florida State if they're undefeated. That would be
3: my four. Yeah, my, my thoughts is you get the best four teams out there. I don't care if you won the WAC, the MAC, whatever, if you're one of the best teams out there. I don't put you in, in my opinion, just because you won a, a weak conference It's that. So looking at the Big 12 this year, Trey, Oklahoma State one-loss conference champion, Alabama one-loss, didn't even win the West. But if you look at their body of work, really, how could you put Oklahoma State in there?
2: Well, like I said, I, I wouldn't if I'm in the committee. You know, that's, that's my vote. I mean, uh, and I'm pretty solid on that. And that's just unless you know, Oklahoma State is something crazy at the end of the year to – really impressed me, which I don't see happening, but, you know, I mean, that's just the way
5: I, I see it.
3: Well, all right, guys. Thanks for joining us, Cuervo and Trey. Great job as always, everybody in the chat room. Corey for calling, Sonya for calling. We appreciate it. I thought we'd hear from more Alabama and Auburn fans tonight, but, but maybe they can't speak. I'm having a lot of trouble with my voice tonight after that, after that game. But thanks, everybody, for being classy on the show, for calling in, and, um, uh, Trey, we have a big week lined up. This is championship week, and you know there's going to be some upsets, man. It kind of makes me kind of feel weird right now. We're we're talking about Auburn jumping Ohio State, and Auburn hasn't even beat Missouri yet. So that's going to be a dynamic game. It's going to be a great game. I I look for a lot of these games to be good, with the exception of Florida State Duke, Trey. I I, I don't even think we should discuss that Wednesday night, the biggest blowout that's going to be. Uh, Well,
2: uh, it's going to be a tight game <laughs> next week, Tarvin. <laughs> There's going to be some games on there that uh, that'll, that we may not talk about a whole lot. But I'll tell you, it'll be interesting. Game day hasn't decided where they're going. I think they're just obviously just trying to decide whether they're going to go to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship or whether they're going to go to the SEC Championship. Um, just because, you know, the national cha- championship implications with Ohio State, I think that they may go in there or they may go to the SEC. Those are the only two
3: options this week.
0: All
1: right, yeah, it's,
3: it's going to be fun. Cuervo, any final thoughts before we go, buddy?
5: No, not really, Tarvino. Um, I, I don't know how much you guys got into the whole BCS thing. I, I don't want to go too much on a rant. I do. I did mention the in the chat room that I wanted to get some things off my chest, as far as go ahead, yes, and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, this I've I thought a lot about it. Okay, I thought long and hard about this whole should Auburn leapfrog Ohio State or if Missouri somehow wins, should they, you know, jump up there and, and be considered for a national championship and things like that? And I keep hearing these these idiots on the radio and things like that, oh, no, no, you, we still have undefeated teams out there. So you know what I say? I say let them go ahead and play. If Florida State and Ohio State win their championship games, guys, then you know what? Don't let don't let an SEC team in the, in the national championship because guess what? I guarantee you it's going to be one of the lowest rated national championships and one of the worst played football games that you're going to see in college football for a national title. Then maybe these people will re, you know think about well damn you know maybe the SEC made it that much better. Maybe there is a reason that they continue to be in the national championship every single year because it's the best conference, hands down, period, no discussion. So, you know what, if it takes one year, guys, for a non-SEC team to play for, you know, for a non-SEC national championship with no SEC uh, representative, then you know what, I say let them go ahead and, you know, let, let them try it one year and we'll see how good of a national championship Game that you really get.
3: Well, Cuervo, you remember the two-loss LSU team beating the undefeated Ohio State team?
5: Yeah, exactly, and that's my, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, an undefeated Ohio State team couldn't even beat a two-loss LSU team. So, you know, like I said, let let them go ahead and, and have Florida State, Ohio State, or or whoever. You know, play for a national title. I'm telling you, it's going to be, and especially if Winston's not there, oh boy. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, Tarvino. Like I know you keep bringing it up, should they should they get knocked out? It's not going to happen. They're not going to punish the whole team just because one guy had a you know a, 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 you know has a history. They're still going to play. They're still going to keep Florida State at number one. They're just going to have to play their backup quarterback. So. Oh, that—that's my little rant. Um, you know, sorry for, you know, delaying the uh, the end to the show, but I, I just had to get that off my chest.
0: Oh, you're
1: you're
5: fine, but
3: I'll I'll go ahead and mention this before we go. If he's charged before the final results come out and it's voted on, Florida State will not, and I'll repeat, will not be in that championship game. You see it in basketball. You can see a one seed getting in the tournament, going down to an eight seed if their main player is going to be out. There is no way, for the rating purposes, too, they would allow this to happen and and leave an SEC team out of it. So, Trey, I know you don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. But in case it did, the Florida State Seminoles would lose because you have teams like Missouri, Auburn, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma State, you have teams in there that that are very good and deserving. So if you take Winston off of Florida State, just like Trey said, guys, they're not going to win, and they're not going to win with a third-string quarterback in a national championship game. But, man, it's been a fun show. Had a lot of fun tonight. And thanks to everybody for being so active in the chat room. It's hard for me to read it during the show, but I'll go back and read all the, the comments and quotes. Trey, Wednesday night's a big show for us, so, so I'm, I'm interested to see who, who you have the number one game this weekend. Is it going to be Ohio State, Michigan State? Or is it going to be Auburn and, and Missouri? So just surprise me, okay? I don't know. I think that Conference USA championship is going to be on that list pretty high, buddy. Maybe the, maybe the Louisville-Cincinnati game will be number one there this week. Tommy Tuberville, you know, he was in Auburn this weekend. He's going back to see if he can beat Louisville. So, guys, thanks for joining us. And, and we're going to crank up the BCS talk from from now on till it's over with. So we have another – Good month left of college football, a little over a month, so we're going to be ramping it up a little bit, Trey. So Cuervo, thanks for joining us, everybody for calling in in the chat. Have a safe week, and, and I hope everybody had a Thanksgiving, a good Thanksgiving. We'll see you Wednesday night. Goodbye.